0: Hi, this is steve
1: and this is lisa
0: and this is our podcast called
1: i married a history teacher
0: lisa why would you be less when you could be more be more which is where we are podcasting from our mm-hmm. studio in, uh, studio in sunny baltimore
1: sunny baltimore
0: sunny baltimore maryland Lisa, sorry to our fans we've been gone a while uh it doesn't feel like we've been gone a while to lisa and i uh we actually had a failed attempt at a pod last week but we decided it was not up to our usual standards and decided to not post it.
1: Yeah, it felt it just didn't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> It just wasn't good enough to put out there to the world sometimes. We,
0: we tried to do an episode about the urban-rural divide, but it kind of just evolved into like, and this is why Trump think, voters think this way, and this is why Biden voters think this way.
1: Yeah, it felt very uninspired, and like we weren't mm-hmm. adding much to the conversation, so... We'll we'll let that lay in the archives.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll edit it one day and release it. Maybe we'll release it as a bonus episode or something sometime. Yeah,
1: once we're famous and people can't stand but to get as much content as possible. Yes,
0: yes. Infinite content. Mm -hmm. Or when people like
1: somehow, when we get like 10 years from now, people forget what it was like.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. When we're still going, (laughs) when we have 1 billion followers and people have forgotten about the urban-rural divide.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Because by then, Google and Amazon have already taken over the world, and there are no cities and farms, only Amazon factories and warehouses.
1: uh, That's that's an ugly picture you're painting. I was thinking more that COVID would just even the playing field a bit, and uh, the urban rural divide would be different in that way.
0: Oh, I went down a dark post-apocalyptic path instead.
1: Yeah, it's not surprising. It's like your secret dream to be in a post-apocalyptic world. It's Which not, is not ironic yeah. because... Oh, don't would.
0: even start. I would be a good apocalypse survivor. Eh. Yes, I would, dude.
1: I mean, I love you, but I would be choosing you solely out of love. Like, not out of the need or desire to survive.
0: Lisa, I'm strong. I'm strong. Mm. I am a. I can. I'm a versatile eater. I can eat anything. You know. I oh. won't be picky about the foods. Oh. Plus, I'm going to have LASIK soon, so I won't need contacts.
1: I, we just went over that as like the one plus that you've got going for you. <sighs> You're way too friendly. You would not kill anyone.
0: You would. Try. Well, I don't know. Maybe not in this world. I won't. But once like the walk- rules change, mm, Lisa, we'd
1: be walking through the woods, and you'd see like your first people in like five. Five years and you'd be like,
0: hey, guys, what's up? Oh, and I'd be then, so people starved. Yeah. And I'd be like, "Pros."
1: Yeah, exactly. And then ax to the face. That's what would yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah, you also very directionally challenged.
0: True. True. Very true.
1: You don't like operating under pressure.
0: It doesn't mean I'm not decent at it. I'm not like a terrible under pressure guy
1: yeah I'd give you like a five out of ten also is the oven on right now? I feel like I'm hearing it's sounds. definitely
0: on. I was cooking some peppers earlier. How much earlier? um n- not appropriately early enough,
1: yeah, okay um can we turn that off?
0: yeah, we'll take a quick pause <laughs> okay. quick pause and oven off problem solved
1: yep that's how it works. yeah, could have been solved even earlier,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes people forget things.
1: Sometimes people leave ovens on for uh, you know, hours, days want, at a time.
0: You know what? When the apocalypse happens, I'm not even going to tell you the secret I know about gasoline treatment, because <laughs> it's ignored by all the movies and shows. People don't realize that gasoline expires very early. All right, and, and all these people that are hopping in jeeps with the zombie after they throw out the zombie driver—it's—it's it's not how it works. You got about six to nine good months before that gasoline goes bad and that car's not working. And I know how to prevent that problem. And now you don't get to know about it. Me? Yeah, because you're talking too much shit about my survival skills.
1: I mean, if we're at that point, I don't need to know. I'll just delegate to you. Hmm. I'm also
0: the one growing all of this food outside of our home.
1: uh, You're getting support.
0: You're growing flowers.
1: You're getting support. I'm growing
0: nourishment.
1: I'm helping with the nourishment. Okay. I you think fit this, in a much smaller think, places than you.
0: You think the worms I bought for the compost today was just about composts? <laughs> you think I don't know about how quickly worms can multiply and how they can be your only source of protein in a terrible apocalyptic oh, environment?
1: Why are you daydream about the world where you have to eat worms is so beyond me.
0: <sighs> just kinda <gotta> be prepared. <laughs> You don't get it, it's fine, it's whatever, but, you know.
1: I'm prepared.
0: Yes, I would keep I you around because women are going to be a very important currency when the world goes to shit. Oh, boy, you did not even. Not JK, even. JK, boo. JK, boo. Yeah. I protect your honor at all costs.
1: I'll protect my honor at all costs.
0: That's what's up. That's yeah. why I'm keeping you strong. You strong for a girl.
1: Yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm a great partner. As I said, I can fit into small places, very strategic, I know how to respond to disasters, navigate them. It's perfect.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like we're a perfect team. Maybe you should stop talking shit.
1: Okay. <laughs> Fine. I mean, you're my partner regardless, so we are a team. All right. That I'll agree to.
0: Pound it. Fine. Boom. Boom. All right, Lisa, speaking of the apocalypse, we're talking about something that could cause an apocalypse tonight, which is pandemics. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. Steve, you've been talking all the time about how proud it is that we don't actually talk about COVID stuff during COVID. Well, we worked on the we were thinking about doing a vaccine episode long before COVID, and now we're just like finally doing it for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, and it's I don't think it's gonna be that COVID focused, is it?
0: It's not. It's not really at all. Like I'm gonna be focusing almost strictly on the history of vaccines, which you know it's hard to. Talk about the history of the vaccine for COVID-19, considering the 19 stands for 2019, or unless you're the president, where apparently the 19 stands for no one really knows.
1: Did he say that?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's great.
0: <laughs> I believe it was at that little thing with the um, all the Republican students.
1: The college um, students?
0: Oh, my God, really? Yeah, it's like they call it no, COVID-19. What is a 19 stand <laughs> know Some people say no one knows.
1: Some people say. <laughs> That's great. Yes. You know, I was going to make a comment about that hilarity of his comments. That's kind of like I kind of try to view that as the silver lining. I know a lot of people don't. Um, but, you know. And then I was like, "Oh, like that's gonna go away if he doesn't get reelected." And then I was like, "You know, I think we're gonna get plenty of nuggets from Biden too if he wins." Out. Oh,
0: Biden's so, gonna have so many. So nuggets. we're
1: really locked in for for ban- for like yeah. stuff to chew on for the next four years, regardless of to, to say what white th- old man takes over
0: right to, to say things that like are like. If you don't know what planet you're on, you're gonna say a lot of funny things. <laughs> and I feel like once 4 o'clock, dinner time for Joe Joe rolls around, I, I, he's gonna have so many nuggets. You know.
1: Great. Sign me up. Yeah. That's what we look for in a world leader.
0: One of my favorite tweets of all time was like, man and child looking over post apocalyptic elliptic landscape and the boy goes boy says to his father but well, wasn't it kind of funny to have a president who just threatened to kill his enemies at any moment and the guy goes the tear rolling down his cheek it was so fucking funny dude
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love that yeah that's how i tweet. feel yeah. i think it's
0: law boy or esquire was his Twitter account which is great
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. I like this guy.
0: He's a funny dude.
1: I think like him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Lisa, I'm going to start talking about pandemics now. All right. And by pandemics, I mean what stops them, which is vaccines. Mm. Okay? So quick history of vaccines. All right? And you can't talk history of vaccine, Lisa, without talking about guess what disease. Polio? Um, polio Polio's you know, it's Measles? there. Keep smallpox. going. Smallpox. That's the big one, right? So smallpox, you can't really talk about vaccines without smallpox. You really can't talk about much of history without talking about smallpox. Mm. I would argue that smallpox actually has a way, way larger impact on like human history mm. than like the Black Plague, which is like, you know, super famous and sexy because- Black
1: Plague or bubonic?
0: Same thing. Same one thing? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, everyone knows about Black Plague.
1: Yeah, I always bring it up.
0: Yeah, constantly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it was really smallpox that just, like, has always been, like, changing the landscape of of humanity for, like, way longer.
1: Yes, I took a really cool class in college that basically went through uh, recent world history and showed how it was shaped by disease. And it's staggering how much of... Colonization and how everything shaked out. Shaked out? Shook out?
0: Let's go with shook out. I don't like that. Shook out.
1: I don't like any of that. I wish I hadn't <laughs> said it. <laughs> um, uh, it's so incredible how much it's influenced by it. Because, I mean, do we have the numbers? I don't know, but. I mean, as horrific as our murdering of Native Americans were, I mean, I think we wiped out far more through smallpox, right?
0: Oh, 100%. 100%. But, I mean, the numbers are moot. I mean, we also, like, weaponized smallpox Mm. to wipe them out, particularly. Like, smallpox blankets are a real thing. They're not just, like, a joke in Cards Against Humanity.
1: Right. We actually didn't study, we studied more, like, the effects on Africa and South America. But, um, ugh. Um, okay, sorry, so smallpox.
0: Yeah, so this is what I love about, like, science and history and stuff. Scientists think that smallpox started around 10,000, uh, B, C, E. Okay. Okay. Do you know what happened around 10,000 B, C, E?
1: Like, absolutely no clue.
0: Uh, I'm not going to take that for an answer, because we've talked about 10,000 B, C, E a million times, because it's one of two. Jesus.
1: No. That was at zero. That was zero. Okay, shit. Yeah. Um, ten,
0: uh, <laughs> There's a premonition
1: two. of Jesus we, <laughs> do, coming right, in 10,000 years. We're going
0: to do this for like the seventh time in our podcast, I think. <laughs> yeah Yeah. No yeah, way. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Um, wait, no, no. Let me think it over some more. Okay. okay. It's before Jesus.
0: There's two major events that are the most important events in human history. What are they? They change. Man
1: creates fire.
0: No. <laughs> I, 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 do you know? Are you messing with me? <laughs> no, I'm really not. Me? I wouldn't know. Okay. So the, the most recent one is the, the changed the way everyone in the world lives.
1: Industrialization.
0: Industrial revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what's the other one? Mm. Do we go from hunters and gatherers to working in factories?
1: No. We farmed first.
0: Right. So what happened in 10,000 BCE?
1: We didn't talk about this before. The farming revolution.
0: Oh, my God. The agricultural revolution or the a, neolithic revolution. Didn't. We have touched on it in a plethora of episodes. Plus, we did that deleted episode, another archived episode where there was That's like convenient. five uh, of us. A,
1: a magical episode that no one's listened oh, to. Oh,
0: <laughs> we had <laughs> we had three other people here in the episode. Bobby, Megan, and Mac. remember? Oh, we did yeah. That, that, that was exercise. after a very long
1: night of... Yeah, Having fun. So I think that you have said these things. I don't mm-hmm. think you've hammered home. No pun intended? Was there any hammering in farming?
0: <laughs> um, Maybe barn building.
1: Okay, cool. I don't think you really hammered home the date.
0: Yeah, okay. So Neolithic Revolution pretty much happened all around the world at approximately the same time, at approximately around 10,000 BC. Same
1: DC. time. wonder yes. what that was about. Something in the air.
0: Something in the air. Yes. uh, We we can do an entire episode on that because it is really fascinating. Yeah. And, like, here's the thing. The story that is told is that we are hunters and gatherers. Right, so the ladies that go out, they eat a bunch of fruits, or like they bring back the fruits and the veggies and seeds. It would be funny if
1: they just went out to eat. (laughs) (laughs) How's your day? I uh, got some berries for myself. Where's my meat?
0: (laughs) That that Um, wouldn't have been too effective for the community. No, it would not have been. Yes, and then after eating that, they would discard of them into one location. It would be like a trash pile, but because you are eating fruits and stuff... Mm stuff would start growing, and they started noticing it, and it started the Neolithic or the Agricultural Revolution, which happened totally untouched, without communication, around the same time around the world, different groups of humans. Yes.
1: Pretty cool.
0: Something in the universe back then.
1: Something indeed.
0: All right. So, when that happened, Mm. okay, it wasn't just farming. What else did we start doing on farms other than plants? Animals. Animals. And that is basically where they think smallpox came from, is yes. that humans shouldn't naturally be living right next to a pigsty or a cow or yes. what have you.
1: Yes. A lot of diseases mutated so that they could have human hosts, right?
0: Exactly. Yes. Mm. So, like, for example, something we're going to be talking a lot about tonight is cowpox. Mm-hmm. Cows carried cowpox with them. And then when humans start living near the cows, then those... What is it? Is it a bacteria? I'm not a scientist. No, no, no. Vi- like. Virus Virus, different. right, so, right yeah, right, the right. antigens would sure. be
1: the, like the mini virus, the virus babies. Yes. That's the scientific term.
0: Yes. <laughs> virus babies. Virus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so those would jump to the humans and we'd get super, super sick. Super sick. Right.
1: It's nasty. If you've ever... I don't think they circulate a lot of images anymore of smallpox, but uh, you Google it, it's like chickenpox on steroids.
0: Yeah, and they're like pussing and Your whole thick. skin
1: is bumpy. And it, oh. and it can, from what I understand, it's not just external. It's, it can also be internal, which right. is why it's so dangerous.
0: Yes. It's not a good way to go. It's
1: not a good way to do anything.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. Yeah. Um, so that's where smallpox came from. That's why most people with the strongest immunities to smallpox as as time moves forward are the people who grew up around large animals, particularly the ones that came from the Fertile Crescent. Where's the Fertile Crescent, Lisa? Middle East. Middle East, right? And that's where a lot of large farm animals come from, your horses and cows and all that good stuff and pigs. Okay? Mm. Who is around? Do you know which people of the world were around these animals the most? It's, it's not, a very logical answer.
1: You can't. Is the people in the Fertile Crescent?
0: Yes, but also the people who traded and interacted with them. So Europeans also. Mm. Very important.
1: Yes. No, I knew that Europeans built okay. immunity towards it from just being around it so
0: yes. much. Yeah. So there's North America – or sorry, North Africa, mm. Middle East, sort of Eastern a- or Western Asia. Um, no. Yeah, sorry. Yep. My yep. dyslexia is messing with me. Yeah. Yep. Western Asia, Middle East, and Europe – they get all used to being around the big animals, getting the smallpox, right?
1: Dyslexia also a drawback for the apocalypse, just saying.
0: No, you don't need to read anymore. I would thrive in the apocalypse. Who needs to read shit? I don't need to read shit. Signs. I don't need to say shit. I just you tell
1: to- me to go west and it's supposed to be
0: east. I'm
1: oh, dead as a doornail.
0: Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that.
1: Yeah. So, just... If you, you could just, just at least stop actively hoping that we're in that scenario. I would appreciate it.
0: Okay. All right, yeah. All right, all right. Cool. I got you. All right. So anyway, mm. there weren't big old animals in the Americas, right? No. And that's how the smallpox.
1: Well, they were like bison, right?
0: There was bison, but they weren't certainly weren't domesticated. Noob. The only domesticated large animals in the whole of the Americas were llamas, <laughs> and uh, alpacas.
1: Yeah. I love them. They're everywhere in South America. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really sorry, I'm about to tell a silly story that doesn't really have any value to it, except that I saw llamas and alpacas,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I'll just keep it to that i saw I've seen them <laughs>
0: and I enjoyed it. that is just a fantastic <laughs> fantastic contribution yeah, you're welcome <laughs> um, I actually uh, grew up with a llama you yeah, she was in my classes and so <laughs>
1: Yes, your poor friend Diana, who somehow <laughs> started being called a llama.
0: She was a llama. It wasn't my fault. She was a llama. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Tina. Um,
1: you're not gonna people you're people
0: are going to listen to that, and they're going to be like, I oh, thought you just said her name was Diana. i be like, it's both. It's both. It's both idiot. You're going to say the full? Tina the fat lard <laughs> was the full one.
1: This poor girl. Yeah. You yeah. know
0: but I don't know. It's fine. She knows it's with love. No, of course it was. But still, I don't know. She might not have known when she was a teenage girl. Yeah. But she knows now.
1: She knows now, and that's all right. that counts. Right. Yeah. Right. No one's ever scarred by their t- teenage years. No
0: one's ever been scarred by their teenage years. <laughs> High school, no way.
1: <laughs> no, especially not when you're prom king.
0: <sighs> <sighs> why, why do we have to go there? All right.
1: Because it always makes you feel so awkward, and I love it. <laughs> all
0: right. Now. So basically smallpox, it's been all over the world. And just because some people have been around it, Europeans have been around it, doesn't mean that it doesn't come and go in waves and get people super sick and kill a bunch of people, right? Yeah. But once the Europeans spread everywhere, smallpox is officially all over the world. There's outbreaks everywhere and it's killing lots of people. Mm. Okay?
1: I'm asking that you probably don't know the answer to. Do we happen to know the, the rate at which people died from it?
0: No, I have no idea They'd the fatality rate. Be- right? And I, honestly, I think it would be like literally an impossible measurement because of how prolific it was.
1: Yeah, and people, yeah, they just didn't have the same statistics. It would just be really interesting to compare that to something like COVID, you know?
0: Right, for sure.
1: Um, I'm just going to do a little Do research. a quick Googs, yeah. Liz. Do a
0: quick Googs. And I'm going to keep talking, okay, yeah, while you're you'd, Googling. You go for it. Wow. Whoa. 30% of the world? No, no, no. But like the oh. overall
1: case <laughs> for right. like – no, yeah, three percent of the world didn't die from it, but like if you caught smallpox, mm-hmm. the case fatality rate is thirty percent.
0: Oh damn. It depends
1: on like the type of pox, but um that's incredible. I mean
0: It's really high.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean COVID is like what? Like
0: what? Well, I don't know. Again, we don't know. Yeah, we don't we know, don't know many... but
1: it's probably not higher yeah. than three percent.
0: No, there's no way in hell. Yeah. Um but anyway, the big thing where vaccinations are going to come in, well, the year that you kind of want to focus on a vaccination is like right before 1800. I think it's like 1796, I want to
1: say. Okay. The
0: guy who comes up with this idea to prevent the spread of smallpox is a guy named Edward Jenner. Mm-hmm. His name's Edward Jenner, so guess what country he was from? Jenner. Ooh. Edward.
1: Oh, Edward. That doesn't help me, to be honest. With England? Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Your name's Edward. You're going to be from an English-speaking place, right?
1: What about Eduardo?
0: Then his name would be Eduardo. <laughs> <laughs> he would be from Spain. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but anyway, his name was Edward Jenner. He was a physician, an orphan, actually. An orphan at the age of five. Poor little buddy. Hmm. Um, but here's the legend. I'm going to tell you the legend of, of how he invented vaccines. Okay. So Edward Jenner noticed when there was a little mini outbreak of smallpox going around that the people who remained the healthy, and who always remained healthy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: were dairy maids. The women, there were always women, who would milk the cows. Mm. Okay? Cowpox was a known thing. So he concluded Mm. that by the exposure to cowpox, was making these dairy maids Mm. immune to another pox, which Mm. was smallpox. Mm. Because all dairy maids eventually, in their lifetime, got cowpox, and once they got Mm. cowpox, which is basically an extremely mild version of smallpox, it would last like you know anywhere from a week to two weeks, but it wasn't it wasn't going to kill you. It wasn't mm-hmm. going to give you pox scars or anything like that.
1: Interesting. So you can, you can get cowpox, which was not – that was just cowpox finding a human host. And then smallpox was a mutated version of cowpox.
0: Yes. Okay. Got it. So that was his theory. Yeah. Is that we could, use, we could do something with this information. That these women that are exposed to this pox are immune from smallpox and this is big.
1: Yeah.
0: All right? And what he does – is he takes a laceration of cowpox from one of these dairy maids Mm. and then exposes it to an open wound in a boy who has no exposure to cows. Mm. But it's just a tiny little amount, right? Yep. And he shows mild symptoms of cowpox after about 9, 10 days. Totally fine. Nothing wrong with him. They wait a little while. They take another laceration of cowpox. Oh, I
1: thought they were going to say they give him smallpox. I'm like, no, damn. No, no,
0: no, 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 jeez,
1: they're not of ethics back then. Um, well, they
0: actually eventually. Did.
1: I'm sure. they did.
0: <laughs> But they gave him another thing of cowpox. Yeah. Nothing happens. No symptoms. Got it. Okay. All right, and then they do eventually try with smallpox as well. Damn, man. And sure enough, dicey. This kid. Yeah, it's fine. Good to go. Yeah. Now, that's the legend, and everyone's like, oh, man, Edward Jenner is such a good, smart dude.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not the reality, though. Okay. There's some truth in that. Okay. Um, but the reality was is it, that- That the milkmaids figured it out. Yes, and the women <laughs> were just being oppressed. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, sorry. Um, the reality was is that um, people had been doing something called inoculations. Hmm. For literally centuries. Mm. And inoculations are very similar to the experiments that Edward Jenner did. yeah You know, and just so in case you don't know what an inoculation is, when you take the laceration of smallpox and you present it into an open wound and to someone who doesn't have smallpox, and you use a tiny little amount of this, and the idea is that it's just going to expose your body enough to build up antibodies. Mm-hmm. So if you ever have, like, a huge real-life exposure to it, you don't get overwhelmed by it and die. Yep. yep. Okay? And people have been doing that for years and years and years. The problem is is that inoculations are very, very dangerous. Of course. They didn't work all the time. Like, if you inoculated a family of five, then maybe one or two of them, they're probably going to die.
1: Yeah, like, which sounds like the rate of dying from smallpox, so. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Yeah. Um, And it was big. I mean, the Germans were big on it. Frederick Frederick the Great of Prussia made everyone in his army get inoculations, uh, which apparently, like, you know, again, I don't like getting into military, but it was like a huge reason for his success is because his troops were healthier and free of disease. Um, By the way, that's pre-Edward Jenner. Um, Mm -hmm. So the big thing then, like, what are we even, why are we even talking about Edward Jenner?
1: Because he's a white
0: male. Sure. (laughs) Um, The big thing that we sort of realized is that we don't have to take such a dangerous amount of exposure to make us vac- to make us immune, right? Mm. So, like, if you now get a vaccine for, like, let's say polio, mm. they're not shooting you with actual living polio,
1: right.
0: you know... Antigen. Antigen. It's like... A dumbed down version of it. It's dead cells or unactive yeah, cells.
1: Yeah, they call it like they, it's either a weekend or yeah, just dead. Yeah. Right. Whatever is enough for your body to, to learn how to fight it. Right. Um, without actually getting sick.
0: So, th- yeah. So that's basically what we credit Edward Jenner for is like a safer way to prevent the disease. Yeah, which
1: is important, of course. Yes.
0: In fact, fun fact, Lisa. Mm. Do you know what cow in Latin is? Uh, no. <laughs> Vaca. Oh! And cow pox was, I think it was something like VACA, VACA, or something like that, VACA, or something like that. So he called the process a vaccination.
1: Cool.
0: Um,
1: wow, so it's literally so rooted in this cow thing. Yeah, huh, 100%. That's
0: cool. And apparently, what is real, at least he wrote this in his journal, Is that he overheard a dairymaid once bragging about how she's, because she was like a pretty dairymaid, she was bragging about how she's gonna be pretty forever because she's already had cowpox and can't get smallpox, so therefore cannot get facial pox scars.
1: Mmm. Has she heard of wrinkles?
0: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) She's in very
1: rude awakening.
0: She was big on Botox. She also invented Botox. Um, genius bovine botox you know that's Ah, where that that comes from
1: clever boy yeah i
0: know right (laughs) um but yeah so apparently he started bragging about that when he was like younger and he like it stuck with them And he just like why the hell is she not going to get smallpox just because she milks cows for a living you know
1: they knew the ladies knew
0: yes but the vaccine did wonderful things and getting rid of smallpox it's why you probably don't know anyone today that has smallpox
1: Yeah, I had not even one.
0: Yeah. I don't know a single person. And Mm -hmm. I, like... You know a lot of people. I know, like, probably 20, 25 people. (laughs) None none of the people they know know anyone who has smallpox. That's crazy. Yeah. So, Lisa, we're going to take a turn here.
1: Let's take a turn.
0: That's the histories of vaccines.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Why don't you tell us a little what's going on modern-day vaccine styles?
1: Yeah, it is drama, drama. I mean... It's America, right? There's nothing that's neutral or easy anymore. Everyone's got to be angsty about something or another. Um, But yeah, so I mean, you already went over generally how vaccines work. Um, It's interesting, the resistance to vaccines definitely comes in different camps, some of which are more understandable than others. Um, One big trend that I feel like is probably the one that might be growing the most, just based on people I know and what I've seen, um, is this concept, an idea that Western medicine at large, vaccines inclusive of that, is is unnatural. And we're doing all these things to our bodies that is not allowing our bodies to, to naturally adjust to our environment. And it always roots back to the way people used to do things and people lived in this way and why are we changing it now? Um, and honestly, I mean, I think we you know, you and I have both seen through our own experiences, through people we know, we've seen Western medicine fail in like pretty spectacular ways. And I think that there's a lot of arguments to be made for questioning some of the ways that Western medicine decides to go about solving problems with our bodies. Um, that said, it's strange to me that, so much focus is put on the vaccine because it's one of the most natural things that modern medicine offers us. As you've explained, like it is an extremely natural process. You're literally allowing your body to do what it naturally does to protect you from viruses. Um, But again, you're doing it in a way that's safe because before that, of course, you were risking your life. With polio, you're risking paralysis. um, With... Measles I think you I mean you risk being deaf, lots of different complications um, so it's it's a bit strange, but I think there is just kind of you know this tendency where you see one failure in Western medicine and you think, well, they've got it all wrong, and that's just not how anything in life works. There are good mm-hmm. and bad things to every school of thought, every um approach uh, so I think that's a big one, um yeah.
0: I just think, like, it's really easy, if, especially if you're, like, sort of, like, a naturalist, to mm. clump in vaccines with, like, the way we handle certain things. It's just, like, like a Western medicine's approach to, like, so many things is, like, papa Zoloft mm. and, you know, watch the voice. Right. That Paula Abdul sure is charming, <laughs> you know? Like, that's just not the right way to do things. Right. It's, like, you can't, like, your kid can't sit still. Give them a bunch of Adderall. Hey, yeah. maybe kids shouldn't be sitting in school staring at a computer screen for nine hours a day. Right. You know, And it's just like, it's, vaccine isn't in that kid. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like It's like one of the few things we do well preventatively.
1: Exactly, and that's what I was gonna say. And that's what medicine, Western medicine is usually so bad at, is preventative measures. And I think you see that with COVID all the time. It kind of drives me bonkers watching all the messaging from our government around COVID. There's so much focus on, you know, like wearing a mask and then like this rush for vaccine that we're saying. I mean, this sounds like it's contradicting what I'm about to say, but this rush for the very scientific side of things. And it's like, why aren't we telling people to eat healthy and have vitamin C and be out in nature? All things that are proven to naturally boost your immunity. Mm -hmm. And, And that is frustrating to me because it goes along with so much else of what Western medicine does, which is, you know, not try to help you get to the point of avoiding disease, but instead be obsessed with treating disease once it's it's symptomatic, once it's manifested in a way that, you know, you have to get a tumor removed from you or have your heart um, go under a heart surgery or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, and I think, and, you know, you hear some arguments along those lines of, Again, like, you know, my child, I let them play in dirt. Like, they're building all these natural immunities. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And, like, if we had children, like, I'm, they're probably pretty dirty. Like, I'm into that. But there are just some types of both bacteria and viruses that the body is not necessarily equipped to handle um, without at least a little bit of practice. And that's all you're giving it is just practice to be it's even stronger. So that I don't really buy too much. Um,
0: practice makes perfect
1: practice makes perfect. Um, The other one that's pretty easy to disagree with because it's been debunked um, is this concept that vaccines can cause autism. This was originally started um, because of a paper written by Andrew Wakefield in 1998, so quite a while ago now, that linked the, the MMR, vaccine, measles, mumps, and rubella to autism. And that has, I mean, it's been disproven time and time again. I mean, he was kicked out of like a lot of scientific areas for problems with ethics. Um, there is no link between that. Autism rates are rising rapidly. Um, and that is cause for concern, but it's not linked to vaccines. Sure
0: as shit not vaccines. And
1: arguably it's linked to all these other more unnatural things that we're doing. Like our water sources are continuing to be more, um, filled with chemicals and there's issues with, and they mess with your, and that messes with your hormones. Um,
0: American cheese doesn't use dairy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the unnatural things we're eating. We're, we're less around the environment. Like we're caught, you know, we're very behind computer screen. I mean, all the, you know, we don't exercise all these things that are like natural to our bodies. We're not doing makes a lot more sense to me why they're, we're having issues, behavioral issues with children than, than vaccines. Mm. Um, So some of the more rational reasons to at least be upset about vaccines. So I just want to make a plug for um, this. I I don't know if it's just a YouTube channel or if they have some other medium that they share things, but this thing called Middle Ground. And I love it because they take a really hot topic issue in politics in America and they bring three people that are very tolerant to listen to the other side's views and also very articulate of their own views And they bring three people from each opposing side and sit them down and have, let them have a conversation. And things do get heated, you know, but it's really interesting. And they had one on vaccines. And one of the women there had, um, had a daughter who literally couldn't have vaccines. There are, there are people that cannot have vaccines because they're immunocompromised. So it's literally a danger for them to have them. So those are and, and there are absolutely exemptions for like medical reasons that you can't have them. Um, another person, um, there are there are real such things as vaccine injuries. So this woman has like weird arthritic problems because of taking a vaccine. They can in very rare cases cause children to have seizures. Usually they're like, there's no side, long-term side effects, um, but there are sometimes issues. I mean, our friend Kevin talks about how they, he had like people do litigate over that and like these companies have to pay out tons of money when there's something that goes wrong with a vaccine.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, are we going to talk about how that's anecdotal though? And like statistically speaking, like,
1: Oh yeah. yeah. So it's statistically speaking, very um, rare at the same time though. I'm not, I'm not defending this and I'm going to say why I don't defend it in the end, but like, the, the the chances of you catching some of those extremely rare diseases now are also probably around the same per, like likelihood. The reason, of course, that we still vaccinate, though, is this concept of herd immunity. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. idea that you need a certain percentage of a population, usually 90% or above, to be vaccinated against something so that the disease doesn't return. COVID's a great example of how things are, you know, like popping up again, you know, when you think you eradicated it. Um, so, so yeah, but I'm just saying, at least I can understand the hesitancy and, and the emotion around vaccines. And like, I can understand why, you know, hearing, you know, vaccines are so great when your life has been like very affected by it. Um, that said, I, what I thought was so crazy about this mother of a daughter who couldn't get vaccines, who was part of this huge She was very vocal in the anti-vaxxer community, and it was actually super counterintuitive to her daughter's health because if you're trying to convince everyone around your daughter to also not get vaccinated when she physically cannot get vaccinated, she has no option to protect herself, you're putting her at larger risk.
0: Right. That's a great point.
1: So I thought that was really crazy.
0: Um, She's the one out of 100 who can't get vaccinated. She'll be fine if the other 99 people are Exactly, and that's yeah. She shouldn't be encouraging people not to get vaccinated. That's
1: exactly, good. exactly. Um, it's really crazy, and you know, it is. It's it's still a privilege to get vaccinated. I mean, there's there are people that don't have access to this. Um, my work does a lot of work on helping people get access to measles vaccine around the world, and it's so effective in saving lives. But it's not a guarantee, and it's, it is frustrating, of course, to see these reactions without fully understanding what's at stake. And also like, yeah, again, it just doesn't seem to like, there's so many other things to be mad about in our medicine, medical system. I also think there's just an element of distrust of government that's going on. Cause when I was looking into some of this stuff, it was, it was interesting cuz like it is kind of I'm thinking about being you know what if you're a new if you're a new parent and you're looking over this list of like 16 shots you got to stick your little child with at some point in the next couple years and you're reading about them and you know the government saying this is mandatory and you have to do this and and you've had other experiences where the government or the medical system has failed you and you're looking at the list and it's like wait this this has been eradicated for 40 years do I really absolutely need to put my son or daughter through another shot? Like,
0: Yeah, they need to toughen up. <laughs> just, you should just give your kids shots even when it's just water. Just, just you know.
1: <laughs> Sounds fun. Nice little torture game. Yeah. Um, no, so just saying, like, I, I do. I think that, like, people see that and they're like, why are you making my child do this? You've failed me so many other ways, you know, government. Um, You don't understand my life and the nuance of my life.
0: And it's mostly run by a bunch of pedophiles anyway. So it's like I really have to listen to these pedophiles. True. This is
1: a great point. Um, Yeah. But, again, just going back to, like, if the cost-benefit analysis and the real risk that if any of these things do come back, they are absolutely devastating, really make COVID look like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And not to mention we've seen outbreaks. Uh, Happening Measles outbreaks. I mean, measles was completely eradicated from the U.S. for over a decade, I think.
0: Didn't they have measles in Maryland?
1: Yeah, they've had measles in almost like 20, I I think more than half the states at this point, I think.
0: Um,
1: Yeah, so it's real. I mean, it comes back. This is not like a, you know, just in case out of the blue, you know, like a one in a million chance that a disease like this could make an emergence if you don't vaccinate. You know, it happens. Um,
0: mm-hmm. so yeah, so, um... Those little guys have some, some grit, some determination.
1: Hey, they want to live just like the rest of us.
0: Right, they're, viruses are just trying to live, bro. Yeah. Let yeah. me live.
1: Let me live inside you. Yeah. Maybe I'll do some damage, maybe I won't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, I think there was one other thing that you had asked me to... Cover. This is the first time I've ever done research for a podcast.
0: Yeah, I think the first time that I've ever really started questioning a vaccine is like some of the new stuff I'm hearing about this COVID vaccine kind of makes me nervous. Mm. And I just like, I didn't know if I want to end it there because all I know and all I've heard, and I'm not a scientist, so please do not listen to me about this at Mm -hmm. all. But all I've heard is that there's some doctors who are a little skeptical about it because it does something like attach itself to our RNA or something like that, which sounds insane to me. (laughs) Again, I don't know, but to me, you tell me that just in a vacuum, it sounds completely crazy. Right.
1: So first I should just note that um, Mm -hmm. vaccines take time to develop to be safe for like many reasons. there's like really sad instances in history where they either didn't weaken something enough. So people still ended up getting polio and becoming paralyzed when they're trying to inoculate themselves against it. Um, to yeah, just bad batches of things that were dangerous for you. So, so just, there is a history of that, you know? So it's interesting to look at this now where we're trying to like go at, what is it called? Operation warp speed. Um, and, uh, And so what you're referencing is the Moderna vaccine. So there's a ton of vaccines being developed in different stages all around the world. Russia's already got it handled.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Um, They've tested it on nine entire people.
1: (laughs) Um, you know, the only reason I would trust in a Russian vaccine is cause like they would have no qualms about just like forcing a bunch of people to be tested, yeah, like, you know, true. and do such so, so much unethical shit that you'd be like, well, um,
0: quarter million people. Come here. <laughs> yeah. You are now being <laughs> vaccinated. You are serving mother Russia. <laughs>
1: um, but, uh, yeah, so this, it's called an mRNA vaccine and it's a new type of, a vaccine and it's it's very new like this is very new technology it's not based around this concept of introducing an antigen and letting your body learn how to deal with it and then developing immunity it is comes from our research and our understanding of fighting cancer hmm. and what it does is, is it basically gets your own cells to develop the infectious proteins that are found in the virus. So you're not actually introducing the virus to your body. You're teaching your cells how to make some of your cells to make those bad proteins themselves. Uh,
0: then the
1: body learns how to fight it that way. So that's a little bit freakier, right? Cause you're like making your cells do things they normally wouldn't as opposed to just learning about an outside like agent that it will learn how to kill. Um, it reminds me a lot of, so I I had this really weird uh, disease in freshman year of college. I had mono, and a really weird, rare after effect of mono is... Lisa,
0: if you have mono, does that mean you've kissed someone else other than me? <laughs> oh, I didn't. I was unaware of
1: this. I was going to come out sooner or later.
0: Oh, this is <laughs> devastating. But,
1: this. I've only hold hands with you, though.
0: Oh, thank you. I don't That's know where right. that
1: came from. <laughs> um... <laughs> So so yeah but I had this really rare um complication from mono which is called erythema nodosum and it's my body had been creating so many white blood cells That it started attacking my good cells because it was, I had nothing bad to attack anymore. It was like I had this extra army, and they were like, Well, I'm bored. So I'm just going to like attack your ankles. It's like
0: the military industrial complex happening in your body.
1: Exactly. So when we, yeah. So we can't be as mad at ourselves when we do these things. It's just like, it's only natural. I mean, at the cellular level, we're doing it. Um, But yeah, so it literally, like I had these like insane cankles for like weeks. It was like really ridiculous. Um, But, anyways, yeah. So your body is attacking itself. That's what it's doing. I mean, like... Yes, yeah, Can
0: I say what that reminds me of? And, like, maybe I'm wrong, but here's the metaphor I'm thinking of. Mm. Let's say you know you want to feed your kid, like, a, a Kit Kat bar. Uh. But you don't want your kid to get obsessed with Kit Kat bars. So leading up to it, you give them, like, a little bit of chocolate... And, and like a little bit of wafer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. basically. Like you're introducing these little thing, like parts of the Kit Kat bar to him and then negatively associating it somehow. Yeah. So by the time he's eating that Kit Kat bar, he's like, ah! And like throws the <laughs> Kit Kat bar away.
1: Yeah, I mean kind of. Except it, the, it's really not. The end result is the same. Like it because it learned how to kill itself, it can kill the virus too if it comes at you. Okay. There. Yeah.
0: Quick side note, Lisa. What's your favorite candy? Go. Uh. Mainstream candy only.
1: I mean, Kit Kats are really up there. They're good. Yeah, butter. I was a huge butterfinger girl for a while. Yeah. Yeah, big time. I think they'd be a little too rich for me these days. Um, I also used to be really big into Hostess cupcakes.
0: Does that count as a
1: candy? I don't know. What I mean to they be hard candy. Like what I mean I candy feel like candy
0: is like a like a host of like, sugar and battery. <laughs> yeah, but just come on. I mean that's a that's a, that's like a dessert. Oh my Candy's god. A candy a bar is a level. dessert. I don't know though. I th- it's like it's like how the Supreme Court defined pornography. Like I can't give you a definition, but I know it when I see it.
1: All right, I just want, I just, what else would you, Okay, so Hostess Cupcake is a dessert only.
0: It's a dessert only, it's not a Kit Kat bar.
1: Okay, fine. Uh, yeah, Kit Kats, Butterfingers, and um, yeah, that's really all that's coming to mind, to be honest. Nice. What about you?
0: My favorite candy is the, it's very specific. It is the dark chocolate Snickers that only come out in the small sizes around Halloween. Huh. It's it's like a regular Snickers oh, except no, that it has that. dark chocolate and the nougat is like a deeper white.
1: Mm. And there
0: I don't know, it's it could just be all placebo and but there's something about that nougat that almost tastes better.
1: Those placebo or whatever it is is real. Like I remember when I got that vanilla ice cream and they dyed it blue, I couldn't enjoy enjoy it. I kept, yeah, my brain yeah. kept telling me it, it was, tastes
0: blue. Yeah, I like, hated <laughs> it.
1: Um, but actually you saying that reminded me. I think my absolute favorite candy is an a Snickers ice cream bar.
0: Oh, those are dope. They're so fucking That's that good. Dope. That's such a swimmer thing to love. <laughs> it was so sweet. Because you'd always eat those ice cream treats at the pool. Uh, yeah. yeah, For sure.
1: Yeah, I ate many of those. I would get them at the vending machine and I would just sit at the pool. Sorry, that sounds like I'm telling a story that you just said. But I was thinking as, as being a swimmer, like I would eat it right before practice.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: like just savor every bite.
0: If you had a win, swim like a winner, you got to fuel like a winner.
1: Exactly.
0: That's All crazy. right, sorry for that uh, <laughs> aside keep going, Lisa
1: no, 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 just um, yeah, it's obviously it's a, like it's just strange to think about manipulating your body that way. It's also intimidating because this is kind of the first time they've really done something like this, so mm-hmm. of course, they have a lot of trials and they're moving forward, but do we know the long term effects like
0: right? That's Definitely. what gets me. Yeah. Just like, what about like 10 years when our RNA starts getting cancer from it or whatever?
1: Right. And it's just like, and like, the, it cancer is like, you know, worst case scenario, pe- you're going to do a lot of shitty stuff to your body to get rid of it. Like avoiding a potential disease that has a fairly r- like low fatality rate that you can avoid by being somewhat of a hermit. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Like... I personally, I think I might be upset if, like, the government were to mandate taking a vaccine like that.
0: Like that yeah. particular kind? Like that. That'd be a totally different story. I mean, every other one that we are, that it's mandatory is proven safe, extremely effective. We're not at that place with this particular type of vaccine.
1: No, yeah, we're not. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'd be jumping first in line to get it, mm. Um I've had so many vaccines, though, in my life in general, though. Just
0: from going to Africa and Asia and stuff?
1: Yeah, and, like, I just never cared. Like, I was just like, yeah, why not? Because, like, you know, I do go to some pretty remote places, and that's where some weird shit can pop up. And, like, I mean, I would just go – we would go to this travel center for work, and they – you know, it's a total racket. Uh, but it wasn't, like, work was paying for it, and I was, like, better safe than sorry. But they'll, they'd go through and, like, see where I was going, and they would just, like, throw, actually. They'd be, like, well, we'll give you a booster of this. Like, you know, like, you need it in, like, a, you know, six months or a year, but we'll do that. And, like, every time I went abroad, like, I felt like I got, like, two to four shots if it yeah. was exotic enough. Right. Um, and I'm still fairly normal, I feel.
0: You're decently normal.
1: <laughs> yeah. Worked out so far. I, I'm, yeah. I'm protected against some really weird shit out there. That's well,
0: for sure. That's, that's good. You know, better safe than sorry, I guess.
1: Better safe than sorry. It's a bummer that there's a lot of diseases that you can't vaccine against. And oh, this is another interesting thing about vaccines that, where they, they haven't worked out in the past. There are some diseases that actually get worse. If you've had if you've been exposed to them multiple times so the more you're exposed to them the worse your reaction is like dengue exactly like dengue Nailed it. you you listen to me yeah. yeah so dengue fever is a huge problem with humanitarian workers because it's a mosquito-borne disease and um, it's always in, almost always in areas where there's been big disasters um, because uh, they you know tropical areas in general are have dengue fever and they're more prone to disasters. And then if you have anything that's a water-based disaster, there's standing water, so there's lots of extra mosquitoes in the area. Um, And every time you get dengue fever, it gets worse. And, um, you know, I've been on – you literally on the operations, the older people are and the longer they've been around, the more likely they are to be hospitalized by something like that. And they actually had – it was funny because I was reading about this with vaccines and I was like, oh, like dengue. And one of the third examples this article gave was dengue fever vaccine right. where they don't allow it in like – except in very rare instances because of that exact problem. Hmm. Um,
0: sounds um, like a gosh dengue tough problem. <laughs> oh, so bad it's good. <laughs> yeah. So bad it's good. I'll take so bad it's good.
1: Yeah. I knew you would. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's really – it's interesting. Yeah, but it's not – yeah, things aren't that straightforward. Um, I mean HIV, also a virus, uh, extremely, extremely smart virus. I can't remember anymore. In college, we learned about how it worked and it's like – it's just nutso how complex it is. Mm-hmm. Like you can't – you just can't teach the body how to um, how to just kill it which is why you know, ARV therapy, which is antiretroviral therapy, just basically helps your immune system stay jacked up enough not to succumb to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's not always that straightforward. But luckily with a lot of big ones, you can do this. So, Sure. Thank you, scientists, on yeah. this one. I will give you a, a 9 out of 10
0: yeah. for your work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, this is great. This is a great use of both of our skill sets and knowledge.
1: Yeah, it was fun. It was fun to talk. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I actually also enjoyed being the the primary listener, too. It's way
1: easier, right? Oh, I'm just chilling. <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: just chilling. I'm learning some shit, yeah. you know. looking at your pretty face, having Aww. a glass of wine, you know. Mm-hmm. It's all good.
1: It's good. It's good to be there. Yeah. Maybe I'll try to to pitch in a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot easier when I just read some things before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Preparation.
1: Preparation is key. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: As Lincoln once said, if I had four hours to chop down a tree, it's been the first three sharpening the axe. That's what you did tonight, Lisa. You sharpened the axe.
1: Hours and hours.
0: You sharpened the axe, Lisa. (laughs) Lisa, this has actually been pretty long. It's gone by quick. As the listener, I got to say, time went by even faster. Mm -hmm. Counterintuitive, actually. As a man who loves talking. Yeah, counterintuitive. That is counterintuitive. Um, do you have any pop culture stuff you want to talk about? Do you want to give a shout out? Oh, great, Lisa! I told you to turn the volume off.
1: You definitely turned this was, on, you yes, little goober. It
0: was definitely me. Um, are you going to give folklore a shout out? I mean, you've listened oh, to it probably four digit times. Four digit times.
1: Yeah. Um, I was not planning on doing that. Um, Can but I
0: give it a shout out? Sure, yeah. I think it's a good Taylor Swift album and I think she should continue to work with "quote unquote" indie artists more because it's a really good album.
1: Yeah. No, I really liked it. She fascinates me, honestly. Um I know she comes off as basic and people are annoyed by, you know, what, you know what she seems to play the victim at times, but um I don't know. I, I just the fact that she started so young and how how good she is at writing a story even if you don't like the actual music um she's really good at just like capturing a feeling and articulating it and watching her grow and develop over the years is especially because she's around our age is really cool too um so i just enjoy just like seeing what she's gonna do next um and i re- i did that this is definitely by far my favorite album
0: of hers. Yeah, for sure i would like to see her keep going down this path actually
1: yeah i think that
0: she will I'm going to introduce her to a little fella named Wynn Butler
1: because he
0: needs a kick in the ass about making some better music, too.
1: That could be a good combo. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. mean, these indie artists, I mean, they have to say nice things unless they're really assholes. But in all their interviews, they said that she was very inspiring to work with. So Mm -hmm, For sure.
0: I'd like to give a TV show a quick shout out. Mm. You don't like it. I do. Norsemen on Netflix the Norwegian oh. show.
1: Oh, I don't not like it. I just haven't gotten
0: into it yet. Yeah, I find it hysterical. And if you're <laughs> like one of those what we do in the shadow people, I think that's a good sort of like humor level. I it's love like, what you do
1: in the shadow. We well, it's
0: just got that dry humor and it's sort of dark humor. And like I, lo- they do this bit where people have the same manners and like expectations about day-to-day life as they did when they were Vikings, except they're Vikings. (laughs) So their way of life is like raping and pillage and plunder. And they have all these bizarre traditions and stuff, but they keep the same polite demeanor as if you had to like go to church on Sunday. (laughs) Um, and that just, all those jokes just kill me every time. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a great show. It's got three seasons too. So I just found out about it and have like crushed most of it in like two weeks. Um, but I've been loving. I've been loving it.
1: Yeah, no, I haven't really looked up enough to like really get into it because you just kind of throw it on and I'm always in the middle of something else. Yep. Um, yeah, we also started watching Queer Eye. Did we already talk about that? Oh, we have talked about Queer Eye. Yeah, yeah. I I I didn't think I was gonna like it that much, um, but. I love it. It's great.
0: It's, it's, like, super inspiring.
1: It's super inspiring. They, like, take people that, like, are so hard not to love that need a lot of help and they're all – I mean, I think about if I was doing their job and, like, it could easily get so awkward because you have to walk this line of, like, telling people, like, what they're doing wrong, which are, like, pretty – like, hey, you're living like a slob. Like, maybe you shouldn't do that anymore. And – And tell them how to fix it and they do it in such a kind way.
0: Yeah. That's what I mean. That's why it's so inspiring. It's like they're giving such good advice without being dicks. Yeah. That's like very few people can do that. Yeah.
1: I'm like I need to take notes because that's like – that's what I – like one of my goals in life is to be as honest and helpful as possible while also being kind and like – and I have a hard time like if I feel like something's going to hurt someone's feelings, I just won't say anything even though it might be helpful, you know? And so – yeah, and that way they're very inspiring. I'm also obsessed with Jonathan Van Ness.
0: Yeah, he's hysterical.
1: He is so fucking funny. I, I mean, everything he says is is could be in a stand-up. Like, he's just so funny, so good. He's such a – he's great representation for, like, the non-binary community and, like, just, like, wears it so well and, like, just, like, I don't know. He references his, like – His sexuality, but, like, it's in a way that normalizes it so much. I don't know. I just love him. I think he's just, like, truly fantastic.
0: I will say, and this is, you know, I've made this a similar comment to you before, and I think only people that watch Queer Eye will get this. Yeah. But to me, it's so funny. There's five different guys. Each one of these guys does something to improve their life. Mm. So one of them gives, like, life advice. It's like, hey, call your mother. And then, like, another one's like, here's a great haircut for you. Mm. Another guy's like, you should wear this blazer and pants that actually fit you. Mm. The other one's like, here's, like, how you make a great gazpacho. Mm. And then the fifth guy, when they go home after all that, he's like, oh, here's 45 grand in equity I've added to your home. (laughs) I know. And, like, everyone's just like, oh, this living room looks so nice. And it's just like, this is very different than giving a man a beard shave.
1: It really, really. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, it really does. It, adds, it gives them a ton of uh, personal wealth. Like, yeah. It really does. It's, it's wild. It, it is like, super it's wild. It's just,
0: like, why? I mean, all those guys, like, they needed, like, a confidence boost, or guys and girls definitely need the confidence boost of the other stuff. Yeah. But it's just like, there's like no comparison. Yeah, no, there isn't. There isn't.
1: It's like next level. Like,
0: like adding bedrooms to the house and shit. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's quite the upgrade. Quite the upgrade.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, okay, we've, we've gone on for quite a bit now, so we should probably
0: get the hell out of here. Wrap it up. Yeah, all right. Let's get yeah, It's over an hour. We don't have many episodes over an hour. We didn't. All right. Um, since you did most of the talking tonight, do you want to give us the outro? Sure. Um, oh, it doesn't really work in that order. Yeah,
1: I was, I was like, I'm going to wing it. I don't know what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> I'll just do it. Okay. <laughs> My My is Steve, and I was a history teacher.
1: <laughs> My name's Lisa, and I married him.